We are halfway through the Experiencing God emphasis. It is about um, allowing God to reveal to us what it means to experience Him through the seven realities. It's not about completing a study. So don't get discouraged if you get behind, if you don't get every day under your belt, if you're not participating at the level. Allow, just lean into God and allow Him to experience. Because um, if you don't get it done, you got the rest of your life to come back to it. Um, but don't give up. Do not give up. The seven realities that we've gone through so far, the first four of the seven realities, God is always at work around us. God pursues a continuing love relationship with us that is real and personal. Not just for salvation, but as we go through our lives and, and as we strive to live lives of faith, as Hebrews 11.6 talks about. He pursues us for a love relationship. Number three, God invites us to become involved with him in his work. It's not just about a nice devotional kind of relationship. It's about being uh, involved in his work. It's about him pulling us in. has been that way from Eden forward. And then God speaks by the Holy Spirit, always by the Holy Spirit. He's speaking through, and the some of the ways, the primary ways, is the Bible, prayer, circumstances in the church to reveal himself so that we know who he is and we have a relationship that's deeper. His purpose is what he's about and the way that he does it, his ways. God has been um, bringing to mind over the last few weeks especially um, a, the reality of truth that is embedded in all seven of these realities. And it, it's this um, bedrock foundation that we need to have if we're going to experience God, if we're going to lean into these seven realities. And so um, it's an, it's, an application of these realities, but it's 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 deeper than it's deeper than that. And so I kind of want to pause <clears throat> what we're doing with the realities, and I want to deal with truth in a in kind of a different way. And my goal for today <clears throat> is for you to walk away with this phrase fixed in your mind: "Live not by lies." Live not by lies. Because in, in so many ways, from the beginning of the Bible all the way through the end of the Bible, it talks about truth. And, uh, and, and I think so often if we spend any time around Christians or in Christianity, this idea of truth becomes so familiar to us that we don't recognize the depths and the nuances and, and um, how important truth is. Um, and so this is a phrase that has caught me, really, for the last couple of years, but especially the last couple of weeks, that, um, that kind of comes at it in a different way, that, uh, kind of a wake-up call kind of way, is to live not by lies, as we strive to live by truth. It was coined by a man named Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Some of you may remember Solzhenitsyn. He was a Soviet dissident. 
back in the 60s, he was um, arrested. He was put into one of their gulags. He was mistreated. But somehow, some of his writings got out, and it made it to the West. He became a hero in the West, and after pressure was put on by the West on the Soviets, they finally just wanted to get rid of him, and they let him go. And... Um, but before that, on February 12, 1974, he released the text of a speech or an article that he had entitled, Live Not By Lies. And then he was exiled to the West where um, he came and began to, to reveal to the West what that was about. What he was talking about, he equated the lies as the way of life, the ideology, the illusion of the Soviet political system about humanity and what's important, what's not important. Um, and as a kind of a frog in the kettle experience, getting people to be not believe, but even just live by things were, that were not true and cooperate with the lies of the culture so that Christians were devalued. So that intellectuals were devalued. So that artists were devalued. And it was an accepted. And so people would just go along with the lie that those people aren't as important. Even though they believed that they were, they would go along with the lie. And as a result, they got swept up into cooperating with lies and living what was untrue. I'm not concerned about political systems. I'm concerned about how the devil has used lies of this culture, this world, to cause us to cooperate with that which is not true. And that's what I want to talk about today. Truth, I want to, and, and, and so when I say the word truth, I put what, how I want us to be seeing it. So when you hear the word truth, here's what I'm talking about. What is real and true. What is real? What, do, what is really reality? And so I go back to a conversation as an example of this. I go back to a conversation I had with my dad years before he ever came to Christ. And I, I, we were sitting in the living room. <clears throat> excuse me. And he was talking to me about, you know, well, you know, What's true for you may not be true for me, and, you know, all of that. <clears throat> and I said, and, and I really was the Spirit of God, because I don't know that I was that smart. What came to my mind is, is this. Came to my mind, came out of my mouth. Dad, you know, you could believe that you could go out, stand out on that road, and a semi-truck will be coming at you at 60 miles an hour, and you can believe with all of your heart that you could stand there, and that truck wouldn't hurt you. And you could believe it. I mean, we could have this conversation and you could look at me and say, you know, I believe, you know, everybody can believe, what, you know, truth for one is truth for another person, you know, and everybody has their own truth. And, all. and I said, you can believe with all of your heart that the truth is that you can stand out on that road in the truck and you will not be killed. The truck will pass through you or you can believe that with all of your heart. But dad, I'm going to your funeral. Because if you walk out on that road, the truth is you're going to die. That's the truth. That's reality. And so it doesn't matter what you say. 
doesn't matter what you believe. The only thing that matters is what is true. That's what I'm talking about. What is real? What is true? What is the reality? So let's take a look at it. It starts with God. God is truth. God is truth. It's not a purely intellectual uh, exercise. It is a trust. It is um, what is real and what is true. And so I put some notes in there for you. And um, we're going to go through this as foundational. So God is truth. Truth is the person, God. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, that's, that's where it all starts. And so God is God, and whatever God is, that, that's what's true. That's what's reality. Whatever God does, that's what's true. That's what's reality. He created the heavens and the earth. That's true. That's reality. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. That's what's true. Jesus is the truth. John 14, 6. So get your Bible. Anybody need a Bible? Because we're going to be flying through these scriptures. Um, back in January... I spoke at my sister's church. My sister and my mom are here today. I'm glad to have them here. I spoke at my... Yeah, give them a round of applause for putting up with me all these years. Um, so I spoke at my sister's church. And um, afterwards, mom, mom was riding me as we, with me as we were going to, to lunch. She said, uh, that was pretty good. But man, that was a lot of scriptures. And we didn't really have time to get to them all. We didn't have time to open my Bible to turn to them all. I said, well, yeah, there is that, Mom. But sorry, Mom, we're going to do it again. <laughs> we got lots of scriptures, but the page numbers are there if you're using the Pew Bible. So truth is the person God. Jesus is the truth. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way. I'm the, I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus states blatantly here and in many other places that he is the truth. He's the way to the Father. He's the way to eternal life. He's the way to live life as God has designed it. He's also the life. He's resurrected and, and he gives us, he's the one that gives life, both originally and in spiritual terms. But he's the truth. He is what is true. He is what is real. He's the truth. And everything that comes out of his mouth is the truth. Everything that he does is the truth. Jesus is the truth. And then the Holy Spirit. Turn, so flip, uh, just look down the page a little bit to verse 15. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. There's that faith again. It's not intellectual, but rather it's actually obeying. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. So here again, we see God, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, are truth. God is truth. He's the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Why? Because they're living by lies. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. And so at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came in, and so we have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, so that we can see what is real, 
And we can live by what is real. And then flip over to chapter 16, verses 13 to 15. And, and, and chapter, so chapters 14, 15, and 16 of the Gospel of John is Jesus talking to his closest followers, giving them um, instructions about what's, what they need to be doing next. And he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all that I am and all that I say, all that is real. Not just intellectual, is this true or false? But what is reality? And that's, that's deeper. That's strong, right? Right? I mean, Victoria agrees with me, right? <laughs> For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, Jesus says about himself. For he will take what is mine, what is true, what is real, and declare it to you. And that the Father, all that the Father says, all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So God is truth. He is reality. He is the one that defines what is real. Am I, are you with me? Yes. In our... In, uh, this last video, the Blackabees made a statement. So this is not exactly a quote, but this, is their, this was the, um, the lesson. We only know the truth about anything after we get God's truth about it. We only know the truth about our circumstances when we hear God's definition of them. And they gave the example of the disciples that were in the storm. They were on the boat, they were in the storm, and they thought they were going to die. The storm's kicking up, the waves are blowing, the wind or the waves are crashing on, the wind's blowing. They all thought they were going to die. Even the best fishermen among them, they thought they were going to die. Jesus, meanwhile, is asleep on the cushion. Right? He's asleep in the boat. How he sleeps through that? Because he's God. He can do whatever he wants. Right? So he's asleep. The only thing that the disciples do right, which is what we ought to be doing, is to go to Jesus. Amen. So they go and they wake up Jesus here. Jesus, Jesus, don't you care that we're all going to die? They had defined truth as we're going to die. They had, they had interpreted their circumstances as they're going to die. Was that the truth? No, that was a reality. That was but in our culture, what you would hear is people saying, well, that's the truth for them. But that's not truth. Because we're talking about reality. And reality was, they were not going to die. There was no way they are going to die. Jesus was in the boat with them. Jesus could have stayed asleep. They were not going to die. And so they woke him up, and he calmed the storm, and he turned to them, where is your faith? Faith is action. It wasn't that they didn't believe he was, he was God. But they didn't know the reality of their circumstances until Jesus interpreted their circumstances for them. So when we go through our lives, we don't know the truth about anything until we have God's mind on it. So... Again, the goal for today is to fix this phrase in your minds. What is it? 
Live not by lies. The disciples were living by the lie that they were going to die. Number two, the problem is the devil is a liar who actively deceives. So we have this, we have God as God, almighty God, and everything was fine in the Garden of Eden because they were living the reality of the truth of God. They were sinless, and, and so everything was perfect. They were living truth. But then there were problems. The devil is constantly strategizing to deceive us. We have an enemy who is constantly... And so because God is truth, Jesus is truth, the Holy Spirit is truth, the devil is constantly trying to get us to believe something different. But he is truth. So turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. The devil is constantly strategizing to deceive. In Genesis chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, I want you to notice this question. Did God actually say? Did God actually say? What the devil tries to, get, uh, to do is to get us to question the reality of God. Did God actually say? You shall not, excuse me, you shall not eat of the tree of, um, uh, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden. Well, that's not what he said, right? He was trying to get him to deceive, confused. Confusion comes from the enemy. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the, well, the first problem she had was she's talking to him, right? <laughs> if you start getting deceived, don't go there. Don't have a conversation with that. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But that's not what God said, is it? So she wasn't sticking to the truth. What she should have done is, is gone back to Adam and said, this thing's talking to me. We need to talk to God. We need to have reality defined. We need to be sure about what God is saying. We need to go to God and find out what he really said. But instead, she had extrapolated, and somehow she had lost the truth because that wasn't the reality. Now, flip back to John, the book of John, chapter 8, verse 44. The devil is a liar who actively deceives. God is truth, and so our battle, one of the key battles, is coming back to the truth, is learning the truth, going deeper with the truth. And so as God pursues this relationship, this love relationship with us, to reveal himself, he's revealing more and more of who he is, and that is so that we get more and more grounded in truth. We allow him to turn us more and more right side up. Amen. And we can't do that except that he's working in us. 
John chapter 8, verse 44 says, this is Jesus having this debate with the religious leaders of the day who thought they knew the truth, who were defending what they thought was the truth, but it had been so distorted that it wasn't the truth anymore. And he says to them, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. God is complete truth, and so the enemy is, is complete untruth, complete deceit, complete lies. And when he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he's a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. And that was the problem. He, Jesus was the truth. He was speaking the truth. He was doing the truth. And so any entity that is following the path of the enemy will be pushing against it from the other side. We have an enemy who is a liar who actively deceives. And then John 10.10 10. You can flip over there. It says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The enemy, so anytime there are, are, there's anything but God, there's, there is an effort to try to get you off track, an effort to try to get you just a little bit away from the truth. It doesn't have to be a lot, but the enemy, the deceitfulness, the, every temptation that will ever come your way is not designed for your good. And so there's a lie that I grew up with back in the 60s and 70s that says, if, you, if it feels good, do it. And then the corollary to that was, if it doesn't hurt anybody, then it's not wrong. All of those are lies. Those are living by lies. But the truth will prevail. The truth will prevail. Just like the conversation I had with my dad, ultimately, the truth will prevail. The, it, it, it has a lot of rain in the meantime, right? Jesus said, that, you know, there's going to be all kinds of difficulties and frustrations. And, but ultimately, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And again, I am, I am talking about the culture. Yes. I'm not talking about political stuff. I'm talking about the culture. Political stuff is a part of the culture. It, it reveals a lot about the culture. But I'm talking about something deeper than that. Therefore, in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 24, I almost read a whole lot more than this because there's a lot there, but I really need to get to the last point. Romans chapter 1, verse 24, Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their heart to impurity. Why? Because they had, didn't stick with the truth. It says, dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. It's the, everything else is a symptom. Yeah. At the core of it, Satan doesn't care what the symptoms look like. He doesn't care what the sins are. He doesn't care how the culture is going astray. He, as long as it's going astray. What he's trying to do is to get people to exchange the truth for lies. So you go back to the garden. He didn't care how he got Eve to eat of the fruit. Right? right. He was just exchanging the truth 
for any lie. And that's what's happening in our culture. That's what's happening in the world. It's been happening ever since then. Mm -hmm. Exchanging the truth about God for a lie. And as a result, they worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. And anytime we're serving ourselves, anytime we're, we're focused on ourselves, we're, we're serving the creator because we're, or the creature. Because we're all, everything else is cre creation except for God. And so it's, it's exchanging the truth about God for a lie. Giving up the truth about God for a lie. Live not by lies. Number three, following Christ is alignment with Jesus by the Spirit of truth. Following Christ then is this path of living by truth. Living in truth. Living for the truth. Living as a representative of the truth. Um, I looked it up. There were, there were, in the New Testament, truth, the word truth is used 101 times in the ESV. And he and goes through all kinds of different, just what we're talking about. Following Christ is alignment with the truth, God, who God is. That's why in reality number four, it's, it's God revealing himself first. It has to start with who he is. That's why in John chapter 1, he talks, he defines who Jesus is as the word, right? Um, he came into the world as the word of God, as the truth of God. It comes back. And so the seven realities are rightfully named because in each one of them is embedded this idea of coming to God, who is the truth. And thereby, he opens up the path of the truth. One of, there are so many ways that Western Christianity is still upside down, compromising, not living by the truth, um, allowing um, themselves to be deceived. And, and we have to constantly guard because God reveals more and more things. You know, I, you know I, I, I think it was in our uh, learning communities a while back, I was saying, you know, there are things that I remember teaching a while back going, oh, I don't, wouldn't teach that anymore. Because I thought it was true, that, but God, as he reveals stuff to us, we can never get so confident, oh, we know the truth. Right. Amen, amen. And so we have to be, so I am not... Um, Condemning from on high, I am saying we are, we're all in this together. And just like Eve can be deceived, we can be deceived. That's, a, that's why we talk about iron sharpening iron. We have to be willing to speak the truth in love in order to stay on the truth. So following Christ is, is alignment with Jesus, who is the truth, by the Spirit, who is the truth. Um, then the next bullet point is that... Um, as our memory scripture says, and as we've talked about in the past, we don't think our way to truth. We obey our way to truth. And I see in the world, it, it says investigate, learn, you know, study, and then you'll figure it out. And that's not what Jesus says at all. John chapter 8, look at verse 31. See, Mom, I told you we're going to look up a lot of verses.
Good thing she's got Courtney and Jerry beside her. <laughs> John chapter 8, verses 31, begin with verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, he said to the Jews, those who had believed what he's saying, and that maybe he is the Messiah. If you abide in my word, and abide means what? To live. If you're living in my word. And word means what he's teaching. Right? Not in the black and white on a page. But the reality of what he's teaching. You are truly my disciples. If you obey my word, if you put it into practice, if you're following me, if you are denying yourself, taking up your cross daily, and following me, then you're my disciples. You're not my disciples because you're hanging around. You're not my disciples because you get fed uh, the supernatural meal. You're not my disciples just because you acknowledge and, and you nod your head. You're not my disciples just because you show up on Sunday. You're not even my disciples if you're doing the experience of God emphasis. You're not my disciple unless you're doing what I tell you to do. That's what a disciple is. Someone who puts it into practice. And then he says this amazing statement. And you will know the truth and you, the truth will set you free. It's not, you know the truth, and then you put it into practice. He says, do what I tell you to do, and then you will know the truth. You will know, you will understand what is really real. Which is why there are so many people who would say, as they're polled, are you a Christian? Are you, even the ones that are polled, are you a born-again Christian? Well, we'll nod their head, yes, that's what I am. But they don't, they don't even know what it looks like to follow Jesus. Amen. So it's not believing because it's putting it into practice. If you abide in my word, if you live in my word, if you do what I tell you to do, then you know the truth. You don't know the truth and then do it. You do what I tell you to do. You obey me whether it makes sense or not, and then you will know the truth. And I think, no, maybe, I won't even say I think, maybe as Jesus was saying this to the people, he might have been saying, if, you, if, you, if you're really my disciple, you abide in my word, you will do, and then you are truly my disciples, and then you will know the truth. Maybe he was pointing to himself at that point, because he is the truth, right? Yeah. And he goes, then you'll know the truth, then you'll really know me. Then you, and you'll know what I'm saying is true. You'll know what I'm, I'm teaching is reality. If you put it into practice. Their response reveals that they had no idea. In verse 33, they answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And this is so typical. Instead of focusing on what really is what Jesus is trying to say, they focus on some side note. He's saying, the result of truth is freedom. He says, my point is truth. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. It comes back to what you're doing, right? Not what you believe, not what's in your head, but what you're doing. So if you are continual continuing to live a lifestyle of sin, you don't belong to me. You don't even know the truth. You think you know the truth, but you don't know the truth. 
because you only know the truth if you are obeying me. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Well, how does the son set you free? By doing what he tells you to do. So following Christ is alignment with Jesus, who is the truth, by the Spirit, who is the truth. Now, here's the statement. Live not by lies. Live not by lies. It came from Alexander Solzhenitsyn. I was introduced to it um, in, it was either the end of 2020 or the beginning of 2021, um, because I began to listen to a podcast called Breakpoint, which I highly recommend because it's, um, it's identifying what is true in contrast to the culture that we live in. It's Chuck Colson's old organization. Breakpoint.org. There's a podcast. Um, and so as I was listening to that, they were talking about this book by a man named Rod Dreher called Live Not By Lies. He had taken that same statement from Alexander Solzhenitsyn, and he, had be, he wrote a book, and he identifies ways in our culture, our culture, the American culture, where we are living by lies and we don't realize it. And so when he says live, by, live not by lies, I, I want to make this really clear. What he's talking about is cooperating with what is not true, as if it is true, and usually to protect ourselves in some way, it is to be comfortable in some ways. And so he, uh, in Nazi Germany, it was people who were, you know, so the, the Nazis would um, pick out a group of people, the first group of people were the Jewish people, right? Or I think even before that, there might have been some intellectuals, but they hauled them away. And, and people didn't say anything because that way they could remain safe. But it was a lie. They were, they, they were cooperating with the lies. Here's one that was big for us in March 2020. The church is non-essential. That's a lie. And we're seeing the results of it in our culture now. Right? And there are so many, so many lies like that. So it, it's comfortable because then we don't have to face the difficulty. We don't have to face the criticism. We don't have to face it. But the lies just are permeating more and more deeper and deeper. And so when we talk about living by truth, somehow this phrase, live not by lies, has defined it better for me. Because it says, I'm not going to cooperate with that anymore. But it's not just in that big picture. It's in our everyday lives. Here's, here's a fun one. When you're, guys, when your wife comes up to you with a new dress on and says, does this make me look good? And it might not. Here's what's fun about this. There's a deeper truth. The deeper truth is, honey, no matter what you wear, you look good to me. Right? 
So I don't have to cooperate with the lie because comedians make fun of it. You know, they do all this kind of stuff and say, you're in trouble if, if, if your wife comes and says that to you. No, there's a deeper truth if we just pause. And guys, I'm telling you, and ladies too, if you just pause in that moment and say, Lord, he will answer you and help you. Right? Because of the truth sets you free, right? Um, so because one of my grandkids threw up this morning and I didn't have time to work on, on all of this as much as I wanted to. On uh, one of our learned communities, they highlighted in that the seven reality diagram the, the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Bow down to this idol or you will die. To live by lies is to say, well, what does it really matter? God knows that I believe that he's God, and so what will it matter really if I bow down? That's living by lies, right? What will matter if I cooperate? And that's what the persecuted church around the world faces. Amen. That's what the worm brands that we talked about a year or so ago, they, they face because it's just, it's just words, right? You know, if I, they just want me to say, I'm, I'm not really serving Jesus, and then I won't have to go to jail. I won't have to be tortured. I can, I can, I can alleviate my pain. I don't have to endure this pain anymore because I've, I've said that. But that's cooperating with lies. Right? So the Hebrew children, you know, those, those three young men, bow down. They said, we're not going to bow. Why? We're not going to cooperate with lies. Well, then we're going to kill you. That's a lie because that didn't find, define the reality. Who defines reality? God. And, and, and so they, in their minds, they're going, God defines reality. If he wants us to die, we'll die. But we're not dying because you want us to die. But we're standing strong. Refusing to cooperate by lies means I'm, going, I'm not going to speak lies anymore. I'm not going to cooperate with what is not true anymore. In my family, in my church, in my job, I'm not cooperating with it. I'm going to live by truth. Speaking the truth in love, living the truth in love. Now, in Hebrews chapter 11, the end of the chapter, it talks, you know, the beginning of the chapter is just hero after hero having victories. You get to the end of the chapter and you find things like they were thrown into prison. They wandered around without food or clothing. They were sawn in two. That's the one that gets me. But they refused to live by what was not true. Live not by lies. When people wanted to make Jesus king, He said, no. Was he king? Yeah. But it wasn't his time. I'm not going to cooperate with lies that even look like the truth. It is easier sometimes to manipulate what I think it was just saying amen. I think that's what, it, that's what that was. It 
It's the only way that we can get this done. Is a lie. Live not by lies. It's the only way that I can get the grades in order to get through school. That's living by lies. That's not the truth. It's the only way that I can keep people from hurting me. Live not by lies. In our men's study yesterday, there was a statement that caught my attention and a lot of other people's that applies to this. Don't put on the world's deodorant. Don't you like that, ladies? Don't put on the world's deodorant. Don't don't, um, cover up what is really true. Right? And it was talking about being the aroma of Christ and, you know, all that. Don't cover up what is really true. Romans chapter 12, let's look at that and then we'll wrap it up. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The, one of the questions about all of this, is God big enough? Is he? You know, is he, is he big enough to handle the, um, when you choose not to live by lies, but live by the truth? Is he big enough to handle it? There's so much. So much to this. I think that we're going to be digging into as we go forward. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. In other, in other words, give yourself completely to God. And when you put a sacrifice on the altar, it is killed, right? It's dead. When you, and when we give ourselves, we count ourselves dead, Paul says. We are crucified with Christ. We no longer live. It's Christ that lives within us. And so we give ourselves completely to him. And then he says, here's what that means. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not live by the world's lies any longer. Do not cooperate with the culture's lies. Don't do anything except that which God wants you to do. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's why we emphasize getting in the Word of God. Learning communities, Bible studies, being transformed by the renewal of your mind as the Word of God is used by the Spirit of God to transform us into the image of God. Now, by testing, you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Live not by lies. There are always consequences when we cooperate with lies. And we're experiencing it in our culture. And we're experiencing it in the Christian culture in the United States of America. And I don't know what's coming, but I just sense that there are things afoot in the heavenly realm that we have to be anchored and we have to be one and we have to be united and we have to be willing to say the hard things to each other and hold one another accountable and stop being sensitive you know, in a culture that you'll look wrong at them. And what? You don't like me? Come on. No, Jesus loves you. That's the reality. Amen. We could go on forever, but we better stop and pray.
And as we do, would you take this moment to ask God to reveal to you, Lord, show me the places, not if, because we all have stuff. Show me the places where I'm cooperating with the lies of the enemy. And give me the courage. Give me the strength. Give me the power of your spirit living within me to see and to act as Jesus would. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to us. It's only by your revealing that we can see. But you would reveal to us those places where we're cooperating, where we're not living the truth, or we're not speaking the truth. So that we can experience you and you can work through us in ways that, as you said in your word, um, are exceedingly and abundantly beyond what we could ask or imagine. Not for our glory, but for yours. Help us, Lord, to be people of truth, reality, in love. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.